This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. will win more Super Bowls with the Packers than Aaron Rodgers will end up winning. And that's, remember, this is Aaron Rodgers has won. So unless he wins one of the next, you know, two or three, all Jordan Love has to do is win two to make this prediction come that's true. And, you know, it, it's supposed to be bold, right? I didn't want to be like, oh, so-and-so will down. be the leading rookie down. running back. What if the Packers, who draft very well, who over the past couple of decades have done as much winning and as much making the playoffs as any team in the league, what if they were right about this guy? Dan Graziano, he wants... (laughs) (laughs) Strong takes up there in Wisconsin. Whoa, take it easy. You almost fell off your chair a I couple know, well, of times. The Packers draft well. How, <laughs> it was a bold prediction, how's that, he said. How, how's that Rashawn Gary pick, picking from last year? Bold statement. you right now. Listen, I don't. Okay, Aaron Rodgers won Super Bowl win. It's pretty easy to say Jordan Love can have two Super Bowl wins. But here's what drives me crazy. Okay, now, what what is Dan Graziano's official title, Brent? He's not a scout, he's not a, uh, a scout expert, is he? No. Here's my point. How many, like, people want to, and I've been hearing it everywhere. Yeah, hey, Jordan Love, you know what? Not that bad of a pickup, possibly. You know, he could be the successor for Aaron Rodgers. You know what? Maybe Green Bay's on to something here. Oh, are they? Because how many Utah State Aggie games did everybody watch last year? How many Utah State Aggie games did you watch two years ago? Oh, really? So you're going to tell me that Jordan Love's going to be the answer after Aaron Rodgers? Because why? You saw one YouTube video of him? Why? Because someone else said it? I mean, it's hard to do your research when you don't watch anything. So I don't know how much Graziano has watched of of Jordan Love. Probably not a lot. But I'm not going to say Jordan Love's going to be the savior because I haven't seen the guy play, Brent. Okay? It's kind of like that Patrick Mahomes syndrome a little bit. How many people watch Texas Tech that year when he got drafted? That's why not it's a called a bold prediction. Okay. Dude, David, we should do a, we should do some like draft predictions, like bold draft predictions this year. We'll do it. Like who's going to win like that? I mean, you know, it's a great I'm, idea. Year. I like it, man. We'll save it for June. I like, yeah, right when things get a little slower. <laughs> right now we're firing on all cylinders. Oh, yeah. I mean, we got plenty to talk about. Yeah, yeah. By the way, my, my man Stevie Mac says this, as he, I think, was listening or, or noticed on Facebook when asked about uh, your favorite book or a book that you might be reading. Yeah. He said, reading Play by Play by Vern Lundquist. I'd like to read that. On my deck in good old Rumford, Rhode Island right now. How about like that? Staying home. Brent. He's my mentor in the biz, so shout out to Stevie Mac if he's still listening. Your favorite sports book. Let's go. Hit me with it. It's a great call. Um, you know what? Here, you know what? I was thinking of that question, right? Sure. And I don't think it would be a sports book, although it's by a sports guy. Okay. In Mitch Album, mm-hmm. Tuesdays with Maury. You know, he yeah. wrote that. Yeah. And I was like, so I, I kind of equate it. Because he was involved, I used to watch him on Sports Reporters and everything. So when I, I actually up until like today, I was like, oh yeah, Tuesday, well, wait a minute, it's not really like sports book. Yeah, that doesn't really count. No. So that's why I kind of broadened everything in terms of like, well, if it's an author that you like, okay. or so um, let's but, go and say your favorite book of all time is Tuesdays with Maury. Yeah, I think that's the one that resonates and sticks out yeah. to me. Again, I'm not a heavy reader. It's interesting we're doing this day, but I'm not yeah. a, like a heavy, heavy reader, though I like to read. Yeah. Uh, even John, when John Gordon's books, uh, he has written 20 of them. Mm-hmm. I'd like to read more of them, but I have read Energy Bus. The kids uh, read, I think, a kid's ver- version of the Energy Bus. Yep. Uh, what else we got? Behind me, the No Complaining Rule, I think, is a fantastic one. Mm-hmm. And 
we asked, didn't make, but asked, like, at one time, everybody in our sports department, a handful of years ago, read John's um, book, The Carpenter. Yeah. And that was one of the books that he's written. I thought that was very good. I have not read any more of them, but uh, that has a good message. You love, serve, care so far along for like a year after we we're all saying love, serve, care in the sports department. <laughs> I love funny. it. I love it. Uh, but we had all read it. That was kind of a unique thing. And yeah. in my 20 years in the business, I had never done anything like that. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I don't even know why we did that. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't remember how it came about. I know John, I think, had the book and he had come in and, and done a segment. Mm-hmm. But somehow we got on to the carpenter that yeah. he had written and, and we all read it. Just recently, uh, our next guest coming up at 530, Martin Rooney, mm-hmm. um, coach to coach, yeah. our coach at, at Training for Warriors gave it to me to read. And I'm almost through that. I'm not completely done. Uh, but so I don't read a ton. Okay. Uh, I read recently Tiger Woods book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did the audio book though. Uh, that still counts. Yeah, you know it still I mean? counts. Yeah. But, yeah, in the car. But I guess you're listening. I mean, don't say you read the book because it makes you sound a lot more intelligent than listening to it on, on, on a book. Yeah, on but tape. does that not count then if you're not reading it? No, I mean it counts. But when you say, yeah, you know, I read this book while well, you listen to it in the car. Like to me, like reading a book, like you know, the paper and everything, like that's more effort in my opinion. But it's still effort for to listen to it in the car. Yeah, well, it is well, more effort to probably read it. You consume it in a different way. Yeah. But I, I don't necessarily think it's. Cheating. I'm just kidding, by the way. I'm 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 just hating on you a little bit. Yeah, but so I'm not. I'm actually not even through with that one because uh, that one got. It, it's so interesting to hear the guy reading yeah, to yeah. you and then him dropping like all the curse words and, and all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially with the kids in the car. Yeah, yeah. So you gotta be a little careful. But um, I, I would say, you know, what I think my favorite book that sticks out to me when you ask me that question right away, I always remember Tuesdays with Maury. Sure. Always. And I thought that was such a cool book, and it's got it. It makes you think so much, and all all those things. But honestly, if I I actually just said, what's my favorite sports book? Like, I don't know. I don't know which <laughs> one jumps. I've read Rick Pitino's book. Yeah. Before, uh, it's it's another memorable one for me back in the day because again, Pitino, Providence College. <laughs> yeah. Not well, probably the newer I mean, Patino. I was going to say. Uh, by the way, I've heard Patino. I've heard Patino is an unbelievable speaker at a lot of these things, which sure. isn't surprising, right? Yeah. Uh, being a coach. Uh, I also heard Doc Rivers is an incredible motivational speaker yeah. uh, when I was asking some folks today. Cool. Uh, so it's um, it's not just authors and, and people write or, or anything else, but um, I would think the coaches are are great motive. Lou Holtz. Yeah. Right. Dr. Lou, Dr. Lou. Yeah. Yep. So Cause. I'm not answering your question because no, honestly, I really don't not. have one. Uh, that's my book. My mom actually wrote a book. Did she really? She wrote a kid's book. Dang. Yeah. That's awesome. It's called you. Okay. Y-O-U with an exclamation point. Y-O-U. And, uh, yeah. So it's a kid. I mean, it's a sure. real kid's book, like yeah. a first grade kid's book. Okay. So mom's an author. Um, I've never really thought about writing a book or had that big of an itch to write a book. A yeah. lot of people do it, though. Sure. I mean, I'm sure it's. I mean, listen, when you have some free time. It's, I guess, it's kind of like therapeutic. It's kind of cathartic to to sit down and write your thoughts on paper. If it turns into something, it could be a book. Who's your favorite book? Go. I think we talked about it yesterday. I yeah. I think of Mice and Men was really my favorite. Yep. Powerful. Brent, was I supposed to read that? <laughs> well, it was kind of like required reading. I don't know. I don't know how Rhode Island does it in public school, but where we come <laughs> from, you have to read like I don't know why the cage bird sings my Angelou of mice and men. We and then, do. Um, what was the one with Atticus Finch? I, I forgot it again. Uh, 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 to, to Kill, kill a Mockingbird. Mockingbird. Yeah, uh, yeah. I read To Kill a Mockingbird. My man. There we go. I'm trying to. Oh my God! I'm drawing <laughs> a blank. Um, they just recently made a movie. Not recently with Leonardo DiCaprio though. Um. 
The Rev- uh, Revenant wasn't no, a book. No, it was like the party. Great Gatsby. There it is. <laughs> I don't know. What? what? Why is that funny? <laughs> no, this, is a oh. great, this is a great comment. Okay. It makes me laugh. Matt Sturman says, Adventures in Babysitting by Antonio Cavalli. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So <laughs> That's the, pretty good. So The Great Gatsby. Never had to read that one. But what was that like? It was because there was a lot of girls like, kind of crazy, right? Well, you kind of had to do a lot of reading between the lines with the green light out in the out but on the bay. So girls kind of crazy, right? Girls kind of stuck up, and it was all about her, kind of, right? I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They just girls kind of crazy. Now, really, yeah. what you take away is they're all alcoholics. Fair enough. <laughs> For sure, for sure. Uh, some other books, by the way, our author's favorite book, Lone Survivor, says uh, Gigantor and Jax, yep. Marcus Luttrell. Lord of the Flies. That was a movie, too, by the way, with Mark Wahlberg. Lord of the Flies is when we had to read. Yep. How are, uh, uh, is the book is usually better than the movie, right? Ooh, the ones that I've read, yes. I would think most people, especially people that read, yeah. like really read, yeah. I mean, uh, would say Books are way better than the movie. Uh, I read the first four Harry Potter books. I never saw the movie, so yeah. Yeah, no, says, Harry Potter. There's a lot that they leave out in the in the movie. Good to know. Well, you got to fit it in. Well, yeah, good to know. Yeah, doesn't matter how like, long the you book would, is. You would, Austin. Well, you. Ha- I guess you didn't finish reading them, but Neville. Yeah, that's for a reason. Neville is. <laughs> you don't like him as much as you do in the books than you do in the in the. Are movies. you talking about my boy uh, Longbottom? Yeah, Longbottom. Yeah, yeah. Longbottom's, Longbottom's a beast in the books. What you know about that Longbottom there, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> no, Neville Longbottom coming at you. What's Caleb up? says Relentless by Tim Grover. Okay. Uh, Submarine Mike says uh, Daytona from the birth of speed to the death of the man in black by Ed Hinton. I bet that was pretty good. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, that's just some of the responses right here, in terms man. of. You know what that is? What is that? That's the five tattoo? rings. Yeah, well, yeah I, I got a tattoo after a book, actually. So Lord I have the rings. Uh, no, no. I, I've never read those books. Never That's seen only those. one ring. I, I've never re- uh, seen those movies. No, it's it's actually The Book of Five Rings by Morimoto Musashi, who was the greatest samurai that ever lived. Really? 63 and 0. Do the math. Okay. Pretty good. Yeah. That was deep, wasn't it? What's that? That book. Um, It was it was interesting. I mean... And you want to talk about like applying it to sports and to life? I mean, that's, that's what I did. You know, like he teaches you about you have to have a diversity of skill sets. You just can't be focused on one thing. Um, you have to have your own style, your own personality. Um, you must follow through on your actions. You must not be led by others and other things like that. So, I mean, listen, I mean, the, the guy was literally fighting for his life, it seemed like every single time he sparred somebody. They call it sparring, but literally it's swords going back and forth. Hopefully you survive. Now keep in mind, this isn't like from the '80s. This is from like midi. This is from like way, way in the past. Yeah, you really only lose that. You only get one loss in those. Uh well, for, for <laughs> real about it, like I guess you can like wound, like you maim somebody, and then it's like I quit. I don't know. Yeah. I wonder how many times uh, like Feinstein will be on this. Uh, John Feinstein, Good Walk Spoiled. A lot of people would say. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what. You know, what was a great book. Is I uh, John Daly about uh, John Daly's book. I think it was it Feinstein that wrote that. Mm. I think it was all the people that have played. He had, someone had played golf with, like he cat. That that was the and Daly's chapter in that maybe was the best one. That's what I'm okay, thinking of. Okay. I don't have the actual name, but I'm awful at this book stuff. But uh, <laughs> how many people, by the way, you get a book or you ask to read a book in school or whatever, and you look it up? Okay, how long is it and how big are the words? Oh yeah, man. I mean I that's like the go to. And listen, kids these days they have it made right because they have cliff notes now. Like you can just go online and buy now? a summary. I didn't know. Cliff notes. Dude, I had notes. that too. Oh, we were you didn't a have a, you didn't we didn't, cliff notes in, in Wisconsin. No, nah, no, nah, we weren't doing it like that. Well, no, I didn't have them like computer. They had the actual notes, like the book. You'd go buy it. It was the where, yellow and black book. We, where is that at? 
Now they yeah, call so it whatever for dummies. But where? Where? Where did you find the where? 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 Barnes and Noble's where I well, but Do I would get it Barnes online. Barnes and Noble. And I, I don't remember Barnes and Noble. I don't know where What'd I you got have? it. I don't know where we got it, but I know we got it. Huh? No, I I literally had it as make up stuff and BS. Hopefully it worked Legit. out. The, those spark notes were probably like ninety five percent of the reason I didn't read half the books in school. I'm, I'm gonna say this now, and I'm talking to all the teachers out there, and yeah, I'm about to snitch on your students. Oh, I really don't no. care. I'm about to snitch hardcore. But if you ever, and teachers listen to me, if you ever have a kid give a book report like I used to do, and he finishes it off by saying, I'm not going to spoil the ending, it was too good, um, but you have to check it out for yourselves, <laughs> that means that that kid did not read that book. I swear, man, I probably had 20 book reports, and every single one I would tell them at the beginning, oh, it was a great book, you know I mean? It start off with here, 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 here. I'm not going to spoil the ending for anybody, but you guys should definitely check it out. That meant that I didn't read the book, all right? If any kid says that, it means he didn't read the book as well. Here, teachers, get hit to the game. Here's the thing. Your teacher probably knew. Uh, I, don't, I don't think, you know, we, we had some sticklers for teachers, man. We I don't know a, about that. We had a teacher that would, we would, have, you know, like spelling tests and all that stuff, which I would do horrible on every single time. Yeah. But then when we would, we had to tell her, like, we had to grade our own tests and tell her what we got. Yeah. And she, like, just expected us to tell the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got A's every single test when I was getting, like, D's and F's. I love it. I'm never going to forget, man. Um, Cruz, you know who Mario Puzo is? Wrote the, well, he wrote The Godfather, all right? The, the books, never read them. Loved the movie, though. But I remember, like, my sophomore year, I took it upon myself to read The Family by Mario Puzo. Essentially, it was The Godfather back in, like, the Roman Catholic times, right? Well, I got about 100 pages, and the thing's like 1,000 pages. I'm like, nope, not going to read the whole thing. So what did I do when I had to get my book report? I literally just compared the family, which the book was called, from Roman Catholic times. I just compared it literally to The Godfather. And I said, yeah, you know, there's a couple brothers in this one. Um, one brother gets jealous, and yada, yada, yada. Not sure that actually happened or not, but I'm just like, well, it's Mario Puzo. You know, it's a mafia book. I assume that's what happened. So completely made up my whole book report. A-plus, baby. <laughs> A plus, baby. <laughs> Hopefully the kids aren't listening. To I know. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, more kids need to listen to us. Well, here, just a spoiler alert. Don't read Mario Puzo's The Family. It's way too long. Uh, by the way, the book that I was uh, talking about earlier, Rick Riley wrote it. Okay. Who's your caddy? Ah. And, and the one... Yeah, like, he we, caddies we, we had for it on all the show. These, he, Didn't we or not? I don't think we did, no. But he oh. caddies for all the uh, all these celebrities and stuff. And okay. the John Daly chapter's great. I love and, it, man. But, but the whole thing is really good. Yeah. That'd be a good one to quantify a sleeper really good book because just the stories. Sure. You know, which we all love. I mean, we all love those kind of stories. It's not necessarily like front to back story, but mm -hmm. they're all separate chapters. Who was the caddy that we had on the show where you're rocking the... the the suit, like the the, the caddy outfit. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, uh, we had the uh, guest... Uh, uh, that was Sorry, Ward. I didn't put you on the spot. Yeah, okay, you gotcha. did put me on the, on Sorry, the spot. I thought that was the same guy. Okay. But that was last year, right around Masters time. Gotcha. Yeah, right. No, okay. a different guy. Rick Riley's famous Sports Illustrated oh, writer okay. who used to write on the back page of Sports Illustrated, essentially, okay. but wrote this book. That's a good one. Who's your caddy? Yeah. All right, uh, my question about um, guys like John Gordon and Martin Rooney who we're going to have on in a little bit here. The inspiration, the motivation, what we're seeing in the last dance with Michael Jordan is – this guy needs it. He feeds off it. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you find, how do you get yourself ready to go? And it's interesting because it's like he needs to dig deeper and deeper to get himself to a certain level. It goes back to that conversation I think I had a couple of weeks back. And I told you, Calais Campbell, he, he, he told me this story one time. He's like, man, there are four, like three or four times a year where I'm unblockable. Mm -hmm. 
but I, it's hard to get myself to that level. How do I get fired up? How do I get mad enough? How do I get angry enough where you can't block me? But if I get to that status, you can't block me. Mm-hmm. Like, you just can't. And so Jordan's very – it reminds me of that, watching The Last Dance, in in, that, in the sense of he needs all this stuff to get him to that next level, even Jordan's next level. His, his level is always going to be great. Yeah. But to get him to the double nickel game or whatever else, he needs that – extra push now he goes and finds it mm-hmm. how much do players oh, need the motivation to end the monotony in a way like mm. john gordon martin rooney these kind of guys they come in and they give it is it a reminder does it work uh, is it more for the coach to check a box you know so, what i mean no absolutely and this goes to the point of coaching where you try to motivate your players um it's great and everything, but you have to understand that in that locker room, and it's in an NFL locker room, there's 53 different types of personalities and mindsets. I'll compare it to this, okay? I've always been a guy who, before he goes out to a game or goes to a cage, I need to listen to music, okay? I need to listen to the loudest. I need to listen to the one with the biggest beats, whatever it is, but I have to get pumped up. Like, there's just something about music for me that just, you know, it gets me amped up ready to roll, especially in football, man. You kidding me? Like, I would have Joe Cullen every time, turn that those headphones out because he can hear the whole locker, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And Joe Cullen gets all ticked off, then turn that music down. I'm like, nah, coach, we're good. So all that, right? But then you had a guy like Puzz. Puzz was arguably probably the most intense player on the team. When he crossed the white lines, man, something clicked. And, like, you couldn't you couldn't touch the guy, all right? He was going to come at you with bad intentions every single time. You're glad that he was on your team and not on the, opposite, the opposing team. Puzz never listened to music, okay? Never once. He, I remember he told me one time, if he did listen to music, it would be Corn Freak on a Leash. And I said, but, of course, that's your song, of course. But I think about it now, it's like, dude, if you give Puzz music before a game... That'd be like giving the Incredible Hulk the Infinity Gauntlet, all right? Like, it wouldn't be fair. It'd just be like, dude, we've unlocked this beast. Now we can't control him, right? Like, that's how Puzz went about it, where he was in his playbook. He was focused, didn't need the music. Rasheen Mathis, uh, another high-caliber player for the Jaguars, former team captain. You know, at his time, one of the best corners to do it. Rasheen Mathis, jazz, R&B. I remember one time I went through Rasheen Mathis' iPad. Like, dude, what'd you listen to before this game? I, I put it on. I'm like... How are you awake right now? Like, how, how are you playing this before the game? He's like, hey, it calms me, man. I'm like, forget trying to get calm. We're going to war. We have the Colts in town. What are you trying to get calm for? But you know what? It worked for Rasheen Mathis. So this is my point, man. Everybody gets motivated in a different way. All right? Some guys are self-motivated. Some guys need those coaches to try to, you know, chew them out a little bit. But everybody's different. And I think what makes a great coach is understanding that. It's one thing to rule with an iron fist, and some guys were going to respond to that. But other guys, you're going to lose them. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to me because uh, I, I take your you as an example. Yeah. I kind of look at myself, right? We all look at ourselves. First of all, we're not the 1% athlete, right? Mm-hmm. So that's not it. Um, very underrated athlete I am, but not 1%. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, well, what gets you? Mo- what gets me motivated? What got me motivated? Uh, I I think to a degree, there's a fear factor there. You want to be in shape. Yeah. You want to do your best. I mean, if playing a game where failure happened seven out of ten times, even if you were good, right? No, that's kind crazy, of the cliche man. of baseball. That's crazy, no, for sure. And so you have to be able to deal with that part of it. I think a little bit of it sometimes feels like keeping up with the Joneses, just to try to outwork yeah. if you're not as gifted or talented mm-hmm. uh so 
it comes from all different places, like you said. I mean, you're going to – there's no doubt I will work harder in a workout if I'm with 10 other people than if I'm by myself. Correct. So what does that say about me? I have no idea. But obviously I'm not self-motivated enough. Yeah, well, to work out at least at that time. And listen, they have, well, listen during during signing uh, period our first year, we had my old coach from uh, Murray State, Coach Jernigan. And the only reason well, I'll say it right now, the only reason I got to the NFL is because Coach Jernigan told me I wasn't good enough. Like I was underachieving. And like to hear it from that guy, like it's one thing if a teammate says, "Dude, you got to be better." Okay, well I'm better than you right now. So what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. But like to have a coach that you respect, to have a coach that you try to go above and beyond, you know, to make happy, to have him tell you basically that you suck last year and you're underachieving. Dude, that, that made the biggest difference to me. So much that I even took his little comment sheet where he put all the comments down, hung up my locker, and it stayed there for two years. So, so there you go. There's yeah, your motivation. So that was my motivation. Yeah. Now, when I got to the NFL, you know, you had guys like Joe Cohen, Mel Tucker. Like, yeah, they, they got after you, but – and it's, it's not a knock against them at all because – I'm convinced once you get to the NFL, you better be self-motivated. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. you don't need anybody to hold your hand. You're you're a grown ass dude. Okay, if you need someone to hold your hand and say you got to do better, you better pick it up a little bit. Uh, I'm believing in you. No, man. Okay, like you're you're a grown man. You don't need that. If you do need that, the sport's not for you. But in the same standpoint, where like I went above and beyond for Coach Jernigan because uh, he meant so much to me. Well, you come into the NFL, it's like yeah, you care about the coaches, but they're always chewing you out. Like you don't have time to really build a relationship. You hit the ground running and. You're in the NFL, and all of a sudden, two years later, you're gone. So it's hard because, to me, it's all about building the relationships. But the turnover of an NFL roster, the turnover of coaches every single year, it's so insane where it's hard to get your feet comfortable sometimes. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So you go NFL, you got loud music, you got to get ready. Oh, you gotta, dude, it makes a lot of I'm sense. I'm black, acting like a nutcase. That's yeah. right. Any given Sunday, basically. Yeah, thank you, yeah. But not so much MMA. Correct. Is yeah. that interesting it, like, it, it it, you're is, almost yeah. more the Rasheen mathis mode i am right man. where yeah. you get kind of that sense of calm or peace or yeah. something yeah that's interesting that well, they're two different things well and it's funny because that's actually where i got the idea from the the book i was talking about with uh the samurai morimoto musashi you know the book of five rings where he talks about it's one thing to bring a lot of energy you know but eventually what energy does it dies out if you go in with, with a clear mind and you go in with a clear conscience all you got to do is flow. You know, he always talks about flowing. Where, And I think that's what kind of Calais Campbell's referring to a little bit. When Calais says that there's a couple games where he's just unstoppable, well, what do we think of Brent? We think of, once again, like the Incredible Hulk where it's like, he's just a beast and yeah, he can't yeah. be stopped. No, man. See, to me, when Calais says that, he's entered a flow state. He's entered In a state. Zone. Exactly. Where he's calm, he's collected. Yes, he's executing his job at a, at a high level. He's using his strength, his physicality. But he's also flowing with it, and like that. When Clayus Campbell says that, that's what I think about that book. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, we're flowing right now. Flowing, man. Into one last segment here on the <laughs> Tuesday. Book Den here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six ninety. Get your library card. Sports books. I was looking up some of the best sports books ever. It's interesting. What what, what sticks out to me is how many. How many times has like somebody written a book about John Daly? Yeah. How many times someone write, written a book or will write a book about a guy like Tiger Woods? Some of these characters, Michael Jordan, others, yeah. uh, that whether they get permission or not, you know, they write these books about. We just have characters in sports that a ton of books are written about them. I got a question. I want you to marinate on during the break. Excluding Gardner Minshew, it's too obvious. What book do you want to see like an autobiography of a player in that locker room right now? Ah, very good call. That is a good one. It's the only type I make, Chris. Martin Rooney. You talk about an interesting guy. Yeah. We talk to him next. He authored up Coach to Coach. It's on the way on ESPN 690.
Oh, what a question we have out there, Austin, right before the break. Dropping the question of the day. We don't even do a question of the day. No, but we this don't. is the question of the day. Who would you read an autobiography about on the Jacksonville Jaguars, the current roster? You cannot say Gardner Minshew. Yeah. We exclude Gardner Minshew. Yes. Who would you pick? Uh, that coming up a little bit. You can also get in on the social media channels, of course. We're still talking about motivational speakers. And uh, once again, my man Stevie Mack jumping in on this. He's seen a lot of them. Jimmy Valvano. Mm. Jimmy V. Yeah. Uh, like well, that. obviously, he's got one of the best speeches of all time. Without a doubt. Uh, there at the ESPYs. Uh, and uh, it made me think, of, he, I was thinking of him yesterday because we were talking about The Last Dance mm-hmm. and how I thought this was the best episode, uh, number seven, actually, mm-hmm. because it had the emotion and it had the laughing at, at Peyton. Uh, and it, <laughs> it, so he had the laugh, the cry, all that stuff. And I was thinking, that sounds like Jim Valvano's speech. Sure. Right? Yeah, you should yeah. laugh, cry, smile every day. Love everything. Right? Yep. Um, which was uh, pretty good. Hey, you know what's pretty good? And, and I think you're one of the most interesting guys around. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, it doesn't mean I like you or anything. No, I just think you're right. a great, hey, interesting guy. At the end of the day, well, we're just coworkers, man. I see you three days, you know, three hours of a day, and then we go up from our respective lives. That's so right. It's and, all good. And, and head home. But you're yeah. interesting, to say the least. Thanks, man. Uh, former NFL player, Iola Scandinavia. Wisconsin. Yes, sir. You said it right. Yeah. Murray State. There we go. Come on. Current MMA fighter. Yes, sir. Well, you're not as interesting as our next guest. No, I'm not. Guys got quite the resume. Martin Rooney, I I would spend the next 20 minutes just delivering his resume. (laughs) But one of the books behind me, he recently wrote, and that is Coach to Coach. I'm actually reading it. I'm not completely done with it, but I'm reading it. Very good. And uh, he joins us right now on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Martin, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, guys. I hope everything is uh, staying well down there and everybody's safe. And, man, you guys are <laughs> – I was just so entertained with what you were covering right there. I, I think it's time for me to be the motivational speaker. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're good at it. Uh, Martin Rooney with us. Hope you and your family are doing well uh, with all this that's going on. Uh, where are you exactly? So I'm uh, right north of Charlotte right now, originally from right outside New York City. But we've been down here for about uh, six years. Okay, uh, very good. And by the way, I got uh, I I am at training for Wars. That's where uh, the kids and I go. Got the shirt on Welcome right now, Martin. Looking by the way. good, man. Looking and filled out, brother, a little bit. Coach Phil. Now uh, we got to give a shout out. Got to give a shout out to my man Phil. You got him. And uh, you know, and it's pretty interesting. Hey, not only is training for warriors, we got so many great locations in Jacksonville helping so many people with the coaching. But here's another cool thing: is uh, my cousin is the uh, head soccer, girl soccer coach at the Bowl School down there. Really? He's one of eight finalists for the uh, National High School Coach of the Year. So I want to give a shout-out to my cousin, Matt Tracy, too. Absolutely. They've done a fantastic job with that program. I didn't realize that connection. That wasn't going to be included in your long list on the resume, (laughs) but we just added to it. Martin Rooney joins us on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We do want to give a shout-out to Coach Phil, Coach Johnny over there at Ponte Vedra Beach, and uh, Coach Jacob as well, as they're they're getting the entire Martineau family in shape. Uh, That is for sure, and they kicked my butt yesterday. But uh, he dropped off a copy of the book. Cool. And so uh, kind of introduced me to Martin. And Martin, you have had a, an, an interesting ride. A U.S. bobsled team to now an 11th book you're an author of. Uh, yeah. Well, how, how do you put well, all that? How do you compartmentalize all this stuff? 
Well, well, you know what it you know what it means there, Brandon. Just I'm getting old, bro. <laughs> like, so you know what I always what I always like to say is people will say, "Man, how did you train the medalists and all the NFL guys and the coach in the NFL and the bobsled and all the UFC guys?" And what I like to say is, if if you come up with one cool thing a year, well, after 25 years in the business, that's 25 cool things. So again, it just shows I've been around. But this book, man, it's helping so many people. I could not have predicted how much the messages would help everybody right now. And, uh, you know, obviously it launched the day after we all got pushed inside after years of work. And I thought that that was going to be, you know, really hurt the book. But instead, man, it's actually really helped it. And I'm just so happy that people around the world are benefiting. Yeah, part of it today, we're having a little book day here at Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690, but it's branched into kind of motivational speakers and, and inspiration for athletes. Kind of we're watching the last dance with Michael Jordan. Where do these guys, these 1% athletes, get their motivation? Austin played in the NFL. He's an MMA fighter right now, and we've been discussing uh, a lot about that. But Austin just shared with us from a football standpoint, never makes the NFL probably if it wasn't for his coach at Murray State. The name of your book is Coach to Coach. I mean, the influence that coach have on all of us in some way shape or form and sometimes you got to remind people that's not really just in sport it could be at your local gym it could be maybe a leader in your business in your industry uh but coaching is such a special job that i'm not actually surprised uh, that the book is getting some great reviews for you martin well hey i'll say this i'll even take it further this is a shout out to everyone right now because we have all just realized we're all coaches right now in our homes. We are coaching our kids. We're our teachers for our kids. And so coach goes beyond just the sports field. But I would be bold enough to say, as you've read in the beginning of the book, I say it's the most important job in the world. And, and Super Bowl MVP, who Phil Sims, who did the forward, he said, and the most important coach is the one that's coaching your kids. And right now, that's all the moms and dads in America, in their homes. So, again, I think it's not only an important job, but people have to know how to do it. And, and that's why I wrote the book. But I couldn't, have been, I couldn't have been more excited for all the people that got behind it. Like, you see the, the testimonials from guys like Lou Holtz and Dan Gable to America's sweetheart, Sean Johnson. But then Rudy, you know, the real Rudy, <laughs> said it was a great story. That's when I knew I had something. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm just... I'm just so excited that it's now out there, but man, I think it's a book, not just for sport coaches. It's a book for anybody. Martin, as Brendan said, you know, I mean, you're, I mean, I'm reading your accolades right now. I'm reading like everything that you've accomplished your LinkedIn page. You probably had to pay extras to have more space on it, man. Cause you got so much stuff to fill in there. I'm sure they charged you extra for it. And then they're taking benefit of that. But one of the, the interesting things about you is it says here that you were a, a martial arts consultant for, for the New York Giants and New York Jets. And I'm reminded of actually a martial arts guy that we used to have on the Kansas City Chiefs. And then uh, we played with the Bears too, as well in Chicago. His name was Master Joe Kim. Now, Master Joe Kim was a like a taekwondo expert and he really changed my philosophy about pass rushing and i remember i'll never forget the last words I ever said to him was like man i wish you'd have got with me younger because i'd probably be an all pro right now because i learned so much from the guy my question to you is what was it like being that mixed martial arts consultant for the giants and the jets because i got the feeling that the nfl kind of blackballed a little bit because it's like well we do things a certain way and to bring an mma guy to teach new things to our pass rushers it's kind of frowned upon Oh, well, I would, I would disagree, I guess. Like, yeah. I, I know at one point when I was doing it so serious, 
man, almost every NFL team had somebody coming in. It was almost like the NFL teams had to have outside consultants, even if they didn't think it was a necessity. So when I would come in and I'd finish, they'd have somebody yoga come in or some breathing expert. And uh, in addition to all their training, you know, yeah. and but I'll tell you what, our guys really embraced it. And I would bring members of the Gracie family and judo Olympians and wrestlers in. And I'll tell you what, we not only got after it, but the guys got really, really good. And, you know, so they took it really serious. So that was a really exciting time for me. And I watched a lot of guys' careers blossom and get extended as, you know, hey, you you put up 9 or 10 or 12 sacks, all of a sudden you got a career year. Mm -hmm. And when you do that in a contract year, you're making some dough. So we we had some real opportunities to help guys. But like you said, too, really embrace the martial philosophy. But none of that happens again if I couldn't coach it and I couldn't Mm. connect with them. And again, that goes back to, it's not just what a coach knows. It's does a person care what the coach knows because they care about them. And again, that's what the whole new book is about. Martin, you know, in terms of, of, you know, kids growing up now, it's all about specialization, right? It's about getting your kids in one sport and then just kind of letting them do their thing from there. I mean, you're a guy who is versed in a lot of sports, obviously, and versed in a lot of training. I mean, from your perspective, being the expert that you are, I mean, how should how should parents out there that are listening right now, how should they handle their kids in terms of the weight training and things like that? Like, can you start them too young? I mean, should they be more focused on flexibility and yoga like that, or should you get them weight training right from the womb, I guess you would say? Well, well, well here's, a, here's an answer to that one. And, hey, guys, I have four daughters. I have four daughters. My oldest is one of the top-ranked heptathletes for her age in the United States. And you might think, wow, you must have been crushing her since she was little. No, here's my advice to all the parents out there. Guys, first, it's got to be fun. Like, let them have fun. When I was young, we played, and we were just out playing. Kids don't do that anymore, so you can't over compete and under train let them get out there let them have fun let them do a lot of things so my kids we did gymnastics we did soccer we did softball and then i guess when she got to be about 12 or 13 that's where we really focused down when biological maturity hit and found the sport that she really liked so i guess my biggest fear is that as you guys know Sports is the greatest thing in the world, and right now, 75% of kids drop out of sports by the time they get to high school, and that is just terrifying, you know? So I just think the most important stuff is keep it fun, let sport be a part of their life, and then, hey, if they do really get after it, because they got to want it too, just as much as the parents do, then be there, support them, get them with the right coaches that can really help, and... uh and and make it a big part of their life. But I definitely am not somebody that, like, drove them because the last thing I would ever wanted to have happened was I drove them so hard, I drove them away from it. Yeah, especially that fun factor for sure. Martin Rooney with us here at Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 69. We're having a book day, and Martin recently wrote uh, Coach to Coach. You can probably see it behind me if you're watching on the Facebook, uh, Twitter uh, YouTube feeds at all Twitch as well if you want to watch uh, the show every day from 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. And I wanted to ask you about the motivational speaking part. We had John Gordon on earlier, local author uh, here in Jacksonville, and uh, obviously has, has penned 20 uh, books. Do you change your message from whether you're going to speak to, I don't know, a conference of, of 
500 business folks or to a team? Uh, or is there always an underlying similar message when you go speak to uh, athletes or or business leaders? Well, it, it's funny you say that because, hey, John Gordon, you know, who's a friend of mine, and he actually, his testimonial is on the back of the book, it too, is. when you look. <laughs> so I got all these connections. I got all these connections to Jacksonville I didn't even realize. But, uh, but, but what I'll say, I think that's a, a great question where, of course, I think every speaker, and, hey, I've presented around the world, and every speaker's got their, their pieces or whether you want to call it their shtick. But it always morphs and changes according to the audience you're speaking to. So if I'm speaking to executives at Hasbro or I'm speaking to, uh, you know, uh, the C-level team at Nike, that's very different than if I'm talking to Auburn University or like I just presented Zooms for West Point and Rutgers and all the coaches and athletes at Brown then it changes for what you're talking to. And maybe here's a great line. I think you guys will like this one. You ready? Well, that's the coach's thing, a coach's thing he's got to do. And what do I mean is every coach, you got to coach the person that's in front of you. So it'd be like saying, do I coach a nine-year-old like I coach an MMA? You know, do I coach Frankie Edgar like I coach a nine-year-old? No, that's two totally different people. But it's still, I still care and I still want to get motivation across but it's going to change according to who your audience is. And for me, that's what makes it exciting where I don't have boilerplate or canned speeches and I get up and give the same stuff. I like to really dig in and challenge myself to do something new. But, of course, it's always got, you know, the message or the angle that I like to use. And mine right now, obviously, is coaching. And I believe everything comes back to that because the world needs better coaches and like we already heard today, hey, NFL careers don't happen if some great coach along the way doesn't show up. Yeah, Morton Rooney with us. Uh, just to follow up on that, and you've done this and you believe in it, and so you do it for a living and you, you speak it. Uh, now you Zoom call it. <laughs> you also write yeah. it uh, in books. But have you ever flipped it around and said, and I wonder this, the folks from West Point, the folks from Brown the, that, that bring you in, what do they want out of it? What are they trying to get you to deliver to help coach their folks? Well, hey, for the kids, obviously, I am known kind of as this motivator. And it's kind of giving them strategies or just hearing from a different voice, right? Like you can only hear something from your mom and dad so much, and then somebody else will say something and it just clicks. But when they have me talking to either their coaches or the administration, they're really looking for definitive ways to really connect with, engage, and help get better results out of people. But, yeah, I guess if I really got it down to two words, a coach's job is to get results. And, you know, I've been a results-oriented guy and been able to produce them at all levels of all sports and business that uh, I think they're always looking for a couple of those secrets. Martin, you, you mentioned. Oh, actually, we, you know, we've been talking today a little bit earlier on the show. We talked about you know being self motivated and the power of self motivation. You mentioned Frankie Edgar, obviously a former wrestler, now MMA fighter, known for his gas tank, known you know for being part of the grind and everything. And you know, in terms of wrestling, I didn't really appreciate it growing up because we didn't have it. I didn't appreciate wrestling until I became an MMA fighter myself, and I came across wrestlers and I trained with them. 
in that standpoint, in training wrestlers, in training MMA fighters, do you find with like that wrestler mentality, you almost have to like taper them off a little bit and say, "Hey guys, kind of sl- calm down a little bit," because I feel like wrestlers, man, for whatever reason, of any other you know athlete out there, they're wired differently, where it's like they overexert themselves as opposed to trying to be motivated. Absolutely, and, and remember, if you're talking about high-level wrestlers, and here's what's cool: another one, you know, Brent will laugh about this one. So I was the strength and conditioning coach with Frankie for Rutgers University Wrestling for a wow. few years. Wow. And when I got to the collegiate level, uh, people were like, oh, man, you got the, the college kids now. Are you going to kill them? Are you going to crush them? And I was like, no, man, I'm not here to make you tired. I'm here to make you better. And But I did definitely find that mentality because, remember, a collegiate wrestler is what I like to say almost indestructible. You know, that means they, they never got hurt when they were little and they made it to high school. Then they get to high school and they win enough and they didn't get hurt, they make it to college. Mm-hmm. Well, now you got this indestructible guy that you can almost do anything to and he's going to survive, but that doesn't mean destroy him or, or that you should do that. So here's a great lesson. And what I used with the Gracie family and, and top MMA guys, world champs in different disciplines like jiu-jitsu, my whole thing was, how am I always making them better than yesterday, not beating them up? And, uh, and I think all coaches need that lesson, right? Like, I'm not there to feel tough. I'm there to make that guy tough. And uh, there's, a, there's a mindset that goes with that. And I always erred towards a little more conservative. I'd have, rather have guys be a little more rested and a little more fresh and you know what? It never failed us. Like Jim Miller, another guy, sure. got the most fights in UFC history. He was always, we were always ready. I talk to him every day. He's ready right now for Fight Island, baby. And it's like, <laughs> you know, and it's like uh, that was always his secret. Dana White called and said, "Hey, we had a guy drop out because he got hurt in training. Can you fill in?" He did me one. Still didn't get a contract. Another guy got hurt. He filled in and he won. And then he got a contract. He's never missed. Never missed weight. But it was because he was always ready, and he was. And I taught him to be smart enough not to destroy himself. Where you've watched a lot of fighters come and go, and uh, again, that comes back to the power of a coach. Martin Rooney with us. He uh, just uh, wrote "Coach to Coach." Uh, obviously available. We got to get rolling here in just a couple of minutes. We could stay on until seven o'clock and listen to Martin Rooney talk about this. I feel like I'm listening to Coach Phil right now in a workout uh, training for <laughs> Warriors. So you've done a good job with the messaging. How does what you've done translate to what you did from a business side with training for Warriors? Because it it, it does sound similar, and also it's a little bit of a different attack on the the gym mentality, isn't it? Yeah, well, training for Warriors was an evolution. Like when people ask me, Brent, when they say, hey, did you envision it would be all over the world in 20 countries, you know, as well as Jacksonville and Ponte Vedra Beach and and Juliet Creek? And and I was like, no, it was never the idea. It happened because it was what people wanted. So I wrote these books called Training for Warriors, and then people took courses in them. And then they said, man, I want to run this. And that's what forced our hand to create it, and it became this motivational uh, combination with fitness, and now it's helping 10,000 people a day around the world. And I think the biggest testament to our program right now is with this, you know, COVID experience that has happened, our Turning for Warriors are still going strong because the people are still getting supported and still getting the motivation even when the gyms are closed, where I know a lot of box gyms and other places, that is not happening because 
of the combination of our coaching and our motivation. And I couldn't be more proud of it, but also it shows once again, man, coaching is so important. And if people want to learn to be a better coach, they got to read this new book, Coach to Coach. Hey, where can they find it, Martin? Yeah, well, uh, the book is a, it's a parable. It's a story. It's on Amazon. That's the easiest place. And even if they, and it's an easy read, but if they don't like reading, there's an audible version too. So there are no excuses. There are, there are no excuses right now. And, uh, you know, I, I just hope people enjoy it. And I would love to hear from people if they do get it. Because I write everybody back, and it's been it's been a real treat for me during this tough time. I'm really enjoying it. And uh, speaking of, a, it's a pretty simple read. My 15 year old daughter looked at it and said, "Dad, the words are so big. That's it. I, mean, you can do that. I was like, "Yeah, simple read. Simple read." I'm almost yeah. Done. Well, hey, hey, I didn't want to make something. I didn't want to write some kind of textbook that everybody would own but nobody would read. You know, like that's the classic. That's that classic line, like. Uh, you know, everybody wants to say they read the classics, but nobody's going to do it. Where this was one of, you know, it kind of, if people know John Gordon's works, because we have the same publisher, this is the same publisher as John Gordon's books. And man, it's just a similar style. People dive in, they read it in a couple of sittings, but they're better and they're never the same after it. And I'll tell you what, it's, I just know it's going to help so many coaches. And right now, they've got the time. This is the time to get better. So then when we get back to it, and we will get back to it, man, we can we can really have a bigger impact. It's a great message in there. Martin Rooney, uh, love to have you on, man. Thanks for joining the Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 today. Be well and, and hope to uh, meet you soon. My pleasure. Yeah, I'll be down there for sure. I'm going to see you in, at the training for Warriors, there's no doubt. And, uh, hey, man, anytime. This was great. All right. Uh, appreciate it. Be well. Best to your family. That's Martin Rooney, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Good to have him and John Gordon and, and similar, really. They are uh, uh, cut from same cloth in terms Absolutely. of their messaging, but they uh, can never get enough of it. Think positive. Stay positive. The newest one out for John Gordon and Coach to Coach is the newest book from Martin Rooney. You can get him on Amazon. All right. You you asked the question. Yeah. Autobiography can't be Gardner Minshew. Who on the Jags would you want to read about? Me, I'm taking Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I that was know one of the what, answers. Yeah, I want to know what it's like to have Lil Wayne rap about you when you're in high school. Dale said Josh Lambeau. Interesting. From soccer to NFL, then getting cut by the Chargers, and now becoming one of the most consistent kickers in the NFL. Not Very interesting. Not mad at that. I, I would probably at this point say Jan. Yeah. I've actually always wanted to do the story going back home with Jan yeah, yeah, and where yeah. he's from and all that, so I'd like to see a little bit more on that, how a third-round pick has this kind of mentality, and I think, uh, well, the rest of Jan's book isn't written just yet, is it? That is not, <laughs> man. That is uh, not. Hey, that's fun show. Uh, go grab a book and read if you have some spare time. I guess that's a little bit of the message uh, here on a Tuesday. We'll be back at it tomorrow, and I'll see you on TV tonight, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Thanks for hanging with us on ESPN 690. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.